Welcome back in everyone to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by another great show. Today we are joined by co-host and author Isla Mel, who you might remember from a recent episode that we had her on to talk about her recent book, and her other co-host and stand-up comic, Frank Liotti, both of who are the co-hosts of the show Jiffy Pop Culture, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And this is an incredibly fun podcast. We at Sage Whisper are huge fans of this show. If you like us or you just like a good laugh, this is the show for you. So why don't we go ahead and welcome on our guests, Isla and Frank. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us. <laughs> I am so excited to have you on because, like I said, your show is fantastic. I was trying to figure out what's the best way to sum it up for our listeners. And I think you you both did a great job in your, your surmise uh, in your description about your show. And I, I just have to read this because it's so good. Basically, from Rocky Horror to John Waters, Paris is burning to pose, Mommy Dearest to Miranda Priestley, Tootie to Jam Brady with the weekly episode corner reflecting on hairdo of the week, a rip roaring ride through the minds of two former rebel outcast kids who never lost their love for the seedy underbelly of a world where they're all going to laugh at you. Wire hangers aren't allowed. And the category is always fun. Click save done. I mean, I, I read that <laughs> and I was We've like, edited a few times since then. I know. We yeah. don't do hairdo of the week. We anymore. don't do hairdo of the week. We still talk about shit like Ike Turner. Yeah. We talked about Ike Turner having the same hairdo as the girl in Jaws 2, Donna Wilkes. <laughs> like, but other than that, we yeah. don't really do that. Like, we, we've grown to be more kind of the politically incorrect advocates. You know, we say things that people are afraid to. We were just talking on the phone about. Laverne Cox saying how she's the most overrated actress in the world because of political correctness. Like that's kind of our thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that we have such a Gen X audience, like things that people loved in their childhood and whatnot, that also kind of embraces the humor that used to be okay. You yes. know, because malicious, we're just honest and funny. I think. Yes. And that's what I loved about like, I as I listen, I'm literally like, yeah. Oh, I remember. I never put those two together. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know. So let why don't we kind of get back on the path, get a kind of focus things a little bit, and why don't you two tell a little bit more about what your show is for our listeners? Well, it is the conversations that Frank and I have been having since we met at theater camp. How many? Well, we won't say how many. We years won't ago. say how many years ago, <laughs> but we were twelve and thirteen. Isla is the elder of the two of us. Yeah, he loves to say. You that. know, like when you're a kid, how someone who's a year older it feels like they're like your parents' age. <laughs> <laughs> but we met in drama camp. But I'm not gay. Actually, am. That's like the joke that we always use. We met at Use Dan. Yeah. And when I look back at our conversations, we really were pretty advanced for 12 and 13. Yeah, I mean, we bonded over Rocky Horror and Mommy Dearest. Pink Flamingos. At that age. John Waters. Yeah. We really were not, like if we went to see The Karate Kid, it was because we couldn't get into Pope of Greenwich Village. Right, Because it was story. rated R. Yeah. That's a true story. 
And we couldn't get in. And we got, we were hated in the audience for making fun of it. Right. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? We were always edgy, even though we were young. And we thought we were the funniest people in the world. Like I love, we made, she made me laugh so hard. <laughs> And we still, that's our podcast. We forget we're recording. Yeah, so it's just a microphone on our conversations, but we do a deep dive into whatever movie we're doing that week. Very much so. I love that. <laughs> so the fact that you two met just a few years ago, maybe that's a right. decade, you know. Years <laughs> where did you two come up with the idea to take this great relationship, these great conversations and put it into a podcast? It was during the pandemic. Frank came over one day and we're sitting at my place and he I, I don't know we were just talking about oh we were talking about Betty Broderick Betty, Betty Broderick the tv movie about Meredith Baxter a woman scorned yes and we said this should be a podcast Isla said this should be a podcast I'm too burned by show business I was like no it'll fail <laughs> and she said no we should just do a podcast and so Frank was on board and then we just did it so but we had no idea how to do a podcast so <laughs> we thought it would be okay if we recorded on our phone wait 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 what? Isla wanted it done that day yes I couldn't so wait. she wanted to record it on the phone we tried to record it in her car <laughs> and a friend of ours a friend of mine from stand-up Tracy Carnazzo listened to it and said you can't put this out there it sounds like shit and we were like oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Isla, because I'm always poor and working in restaurants as an actor, bought $1.5 million worth of recording equipment <laughs> and we recorded, it started recording. Yeah. And, and really it just grew from there. Yeah. It was just decent, <laughs> not yeah. fortunate. And I think that one thing in the beginning, we kept saying early on, oh, I wish we could do this movie. I wish we could do that movie. Like little movies, like Times Square or like Betty Broderick, A Woman Scorned. Even cruising. Even like cruising, the Al Pacino movie. So we started with stuff that we thought people would love. And they did, like Mommy Dearest and Carrie. Devil Wears Prada was number one. Right. And then when we did stuff like Queen's Gambit, The Prom, Christmas Story, Gremlins, they didn't do well. The things we thought would be crowd pleasers were not. Right. So we started trusting ourselves and going with, not only big things, because, yeah, Grease did really, really well, but also, like, we did the ice storm, and it got huge numbers, or Sarah T, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. <laughs> so we started just being ourselves over the course of a couple of years and mm -hmm. saying whatever came to our minds and mouths. And that's when people really responded right. to us. Right, Hidden Gems, TV movies, the Jan Brady Dawn Portrait of a Teenage Runaway TV movie. yeah. Right. So, yeah, people love that we say what they're thinking. Right. I love that. I, I would love to just, like, have microphones running while you guys watched an afternoon of Lifetime movie. <laughs> also, though, we did have our, our opus. We did Terms of Endearment, and it was a very serious episode where we both talked about our own family history with cancer and loss it was like four hours long. yes sometimes our episodes are longer than the movies but people really yeah. seem to like that we were concerned at first but people people have responded really well very much so. yeah yeah it's not just really raw humor but we also can get very personal sometimes too we're very honest about ourselves and yeah our absolutely lives. we share a lot yeah. of our personal experience heartaches and blowjobs and everything, everything. vibrators yeah it's <laughs> <That is> true <laughs> the vibrator and the maid the vibrator and the cleaning lady story yeah. is a classic that is
<laughs> well, that sort of leads me into my next question. <laughs> Guess who's sort of segue. It's Guess like a bad, bad use of the clutch. The car just died. This is like a <laughs> mess. <laughs> but what, what has it been like developing the show? It's been just a complete joy. Fun. Yeah. Just because we kind of, over the first maybe five episodes, we kind of started to find our rhythm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would even call it a rhythm, but we just like talk. All it is like sometimes I forget we're recording unless like the microphone cord gets stuck or I hit my hand on the table by accident <laughs> and then or my glasses fall off and you hear the noise. And I always love to address it because then when we listen to it later, it's so funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just that we get to spend this time together, right. too. It, I, I like mean, yeah. yawns every episode and time. I tell them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Frank is my dearest friend in the yeah, world. She's and just, my closest friend in the world. So having this to do together is just the biggest privilege. Right. And it's I, the humor is not too different from when we were 12 yeah. and 13. <laughs> Thank, and 13. You. Thank you for pointing that out. Now, this is a great, fun comedy podcast. It's a hoot and holler. But I'm curious, is there a message or a thought you're wanting your listeners to take away? Well, we the the one rule we have is that we're always honest. Yep. And you know, we'll tackle subjects, we'll tackle a lot of serious subjects. We just and you know, we're not crass about it even though we make fun of stuff. We don't make fun of things that we think are serious. No, and I think that with cancel culture and also with the opposite end of the spectrum with the conservative and the far right wing, right wing, it's easy to forget that it's just jokes it's just humor and i work with people that have had neck cancer at an internship right now you have to be able to make fun of it you have to be able to laugh and if it's sanitized it's just not funny because it's not human and it's not truthful life isn't sanitized life isn't easy nobody gets out of this lifetime unscathed and we have to make fun of it otherwise it'd be miserable all the time this podcast keeps going you know, it really does. And we've met incredible people that we've that we become friends with that listen to us. We have the best listeners in the world. And they tell us that, you know, there have been points in their life where they really needed to laugh and we've helped right. them. And that's the most amazing thing right. that we could ever do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's uh, the truth too, though, not just the laughter, it's the honesty, I think, too, about our own pain and lives and disappointments yeah. and ups and you know, anal. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a wide range right scat <laughs> <laughs> then another thing about frank and i that we both do that maybe not everyone does is that we'll fixate on like the extras in the background of a scene <laughs> we do we do yeah we'll fixate on yeah or like yeah we'll fixate on a, a character that has no lines right <laughs> but then we find that there are people they do that too a lot of them who do you hope have access to your show Celebrities who can make us famous and That's make right. money. Madonna. Yes, we want people to repost us. Yeah. And make us the number one podcast. We've, Madonna's been trying to do our show, but we just haven't been able to fit her in. That's but right. Hopefully we'll have time to schedule her for an interview soon. <laughs> but really, anyone who feels like they need to find their people. Yeah. We we are looking for you. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's who we were. We were kids who needed to find each other and our crowds and you know like the freaks and i have to say that i love when it's 
somebody that I might not necessarily think would get us. Yeah. Like a straight guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like a younger person who's not from Gen X. I love and when people have a lot of them and people say like, I don't even need to watch the movie anymore. I just love to listen to the two of you roast it. <laughs> but it is cool when people do watch the it, movies and yes. we expose them to stuff. That's fun. Yeah. A lot of people will say, I watched the movie so I could listen to the episode. And, you know, we love that right. too. I no, love give them access. Like we'll always, always if, yeah, we won't do a movie if it's not available. Right. Me. Like an unmarried woman, we had to go to a website that was in like one of the hidden islands of Japan. <laughs> and <laughs> there were subtitles that were in Sanskrit, but we still gave them the link. Yes. <laughs> Looking for Mr. Goodbar yeah. was in Portuguese, the subtitles. Right. I think. Yeah. If it's a, a an obscure movie, we'll post the link so people can watch it yeah. if they want to find it. want to change things up for the second part and okay. if it's possible give our listeners a chance to get to know you two better on a personal level oh well we share a lot yeah <laughs> right I tried it before but it's been a long time <laughs> since i bottomed but i'm not <laughs> i want to ask what or who inspires you Frank inspires me. Just talking to him is what gives me my best material, really. What inspires me? No, you have to say me. I just um, say Isla inspires me. <laughs> Isla inspires me. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, as far as people or art or I think that the resiliency of people who are not well inspires me. Because I just, that's been part of my world recently. I went, I have an an MFA in in acting but I also went back to school during the pandemic for some for medical stuff. And I think right now I see people who are so sick and their resiliency inspires me. People in their thirties and forties and twenties and, you know, the elderly too, but they, they inspire me. But then art is a different story. You know, Broadway does not inspire me anymore, but the Broadway that I saw growing up does. Like I remember seeing delicate balance with Elaine Stritch and Grizzard and Rosemary Harris, that inspired me. Or Orpheus Descending, Kevin Anderson and Vanessa Redgrave, Iceman Cometh, Kevin Spacey, Grease, off at the North Stage Theater, the original Broadway, not the original, but the Broadway company. Like that inspired me. But now, Some Like It Hot does not inspire me. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Broadway has become just a beige wash to me. That doesn't inspire me anymore. And I still love it. And she right? still loves it. I'm now, there all the time. To me, it's casting as political correctness. And I feel like it takes away from the edge and from the talent. And that's why I love our podcast, because we do a deep dive into things. Yeah, and we don't agree on everything. We don't. We talk it through. Yeah, she forced me to do Body Double, yes. a movie for straight guys this yeah. week. But the thing is, we're honest about it. And that's why it's funny. Yeah. Because we make fun of it together. She She hated Jaws, too. Right. And I think it was snubbed by the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> a retroactive Academy Award is in order. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of going along those lines, have either of you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? 
so, well, I told you I saw Here Lies Love, which I really, really like. That was so much fun. Have you gone? I haven't gone to yeah. the theater, no. Mm -mm. But, so I'll take that question. So Here Lies Love, yeah. Sweeney Todd is, is great, shucks. I'm seeing MJ again tomorrow because they have a new lead. So I want to go see him. So there's so much fun. And, e you know, even when something isn't, as good as I want it to be, I feel like there's always something that you get out of going. Anyway, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> so I, I just love to go. I, it just my favorite thing in the world to go. It sounds like Frank is now my new plus one when I get free pairs of tickets for shows. <laughs> I'm like, exactly Frank, come with me. We're gonna go see this new show by an artist that just comes paint on himself and too. It's I have to. It's too painful for me. Like after spending 25, 30 years going to Yale drama, SUNY purchase and not being able to get an agent, it's just too like looking for Italian Americans in the field other than the mafia guys. Like, it's just I can't deal. I can't do it to not get seen for white roles and not get seen for people of color. And I'm done. I can't watch it. It hurts too much. Like I remember Isla once said bitter and I said, no, pain. It's painful. I cannot do it because that thing that they always say to actors, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go, I can't, I still can't. And I had to go back and get another degree to support myself. I can't work in a restaurant anymore. I'm too old. So to me, I can't go to the theater without feeling pain because I just want to be doing it and nothing else. So I, I can't go. I have to say the last great thing I saw was August Osage County. That's that, such a good I mean, show. Went, and I remember thinking, oh, God, three and a half hours. And I went back again and again and again. So even though that was like 409 years ago, <laughs> it was so good. So, so. Tell them Grease Snobs. Yes, we are Grease Snobs. We are Grease Snobs. Frank and I like the original Grease. We don't care about the movie. The original Broadway cast. That's what we like. Carol Damas, Barry Boswick. Eileen Kristen. Eileen Kristen, who is going to be a guest on our show. She was Patty Simcox. The simplicity of that original Broadway, Katie Hanley, who was in, I think she was in the film of Godspell. And she was in the movie Xanadu. That gorgeous voice. And Adrian Barbeau, we love the original. Garn Stevens. Yeah. We love the old people that no one have heard of. That's right. <laughs> we love the original Grease. Yeah. All choked up instead of you're the one that I want. Yes, that's what we like. We don't need John Travolta and Olivia Newton. -Jones. Yeah, we don't need Sandy. We like Alone in a Drive-In Movie. Well, I want yeah, to ask my favorite question I love to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? Or Ira, in your case, what's another one of your favorite memories? Oh my gosh, I have to think of another one. All right, you go first. Yeah, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Elaine Stritch story is funny. Yeah. But I have a favorite theater All right, memory so, too. So your favorite. All right, in, in, at the end of Delicate Balance, I remember I got a half price ticket uh, at a Saturday matinee. And I think I was in the second row. And there's this beautiful moment at the end, you know, Elaine Stritch plays a drunk and she's sitting on the floor with a big brandy sifter and the lighting is this kind of midnight moment it's just so powerful it's this edward alby play it's the end silent and it's i'm getting goosebumps even remembering it and the theater is that kind of silent riveted attention moment and then someone behind me with the little hearing headset on and a smoker's voice goes, look at the look on Elaine Stritch's face. <laughs> and it rocked the theater. 
<laughs> so there was that. But also my first Broadway show, and I was young, and I went with my friend Jeanette Martinez, who now is a born again, and I don't know where she is because she, her favorite stand-up comic was because they were clean. <laughs> we took a bus from the library to see La Caja Fall when we were kids alone with George Hearn and Gene Barry and the Cajels, we were in the front row and they were making eyes at me. And at one point they throw out like calling cards with lip prints on them that they kiss. And I was exhilarated and terrified of them. And they were so thrilling and so much fun. So I think that it was my first, first Broadway show. And they were so, I waited the whole show for them to come back on and do the can-can or whatever the fuck they were going to do next. Because they were brilliant. And so that's probably my most, you know, kind of, that's my best memory, I think. I love that. I mm. love that. Incredible. And so for me, so I, I saw the original Little Shop of Horrors. And this is this is an off-Broadway memory, but I'm sure it'll qualify. And no one knew what this show was. And so there was nothing funnier than that dentist reveal when you didn't know that he was a dentist. That was amazing. And to be part of that audience in that tiny little black box theater, it was like this community of people discovering this thing that would go on to be just a huge, huge moment it was really incredible for me. I uh, yes, absolutely. That must have been incredible. And was I can't think of her name. Was she in the original? Ellen Green, yeah. Yes, yes. And our friend Lee Wilcox. Lee Wilcox. The original Seymour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have one more. Can I tell one more? Absolutely. Between grad undergrad and graduate school, when I was a bartender, I was going to talk to everyone that came to my bar to see if I could meet someone in theater. And I actually did. I met a man named Richard Kornberg, who was a publicist and press agent. He worked at The Public and did the original chorus line and all these shows with Kate Nelligan and Taming of the Shrew with Meryl Streep. Now he was a Broadway person who was struggling, struggling a bit. And all of a sudden, one of his accounts was New York Theatre Workshop. And suddenly the show named Rent came along. And Jonathan Larson, I remember coming in Monday and they said, Jonathan Larson died. And I was like 23. I said, who? And he said, the writer of Rent, you idiot, because nobody knew who he was yet. So Rent moved to Broadway and I got to kind of know some of the kids in it. And I went to the final dress rehearsal. And I sat next to Phoebe Snow, the woman who sings Poetry Man. She used to call me Bubble, like Abfab. And those that cast, like that was their moment before previews started. And none of them, for the most part, with maybe the exception of Jesse Martin, Tay Diggs, none of them were really trained. Adina, I know, went to NYU, but they were really raw. And they were using his memory to sing that show, like that whole no day but today theme. And seeing that final dress was pulverizing. It was mind-blowing. Six months later, it was a completely different show because they all had money. And But, but at that moment, that was that was theater history. Yeah. Uh-oh. I have no words. I, oh, just... <laughs> I No, I'm just I'm I'm in shock cuz I mean that that's inc- rent rent yeah. was like my my return to theater. That was my like, oh my god, yes, back to theater and you got to see the final dress after he passed. I mean, that's if if I weren't already gay the first time I heard Adina Menzel sing Take Me or Leave Me, poor Freddie Walker, she was good. 
But I mean, Adina Menzel, it was like, what the fuck is happening? Who is this? Like, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. The opening, all of it. I want to hear more stories from the two of you. The shows you've gotten to see the first of. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <We> all- <laughs> Frank Thank is all <laughs> Thank you both for sharing those memories. Those were amazing. Thank you. Do either of you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? No. Well, <laughs> I have my Tony Awards book book that you know about. But yes, I'm working with the American Theater Wing to do a book celebrating 75 years of Tony winners. And that'll be out in April. I don't. I took a two-year break from stand-up to go get another degree. And I just finished. So I need to make some money. But I'm ready to go back to stand-up now. My friends are doing great. So hopefully I can open for them. Yes. Amazing. And congrats on the new degree, though. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. So good Thank for you. you. Yeah, Frank is actually helping people in the world, which is incredible. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. It's cool. I don't have to be nice to some asshole at Bernie Telsey casting anymore, but we'll <laughs> see who's 21 years old. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I love the stuff you guys talk about in your show. And that is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about Jiffy Pop Culture, or about either of you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Uh, well, we have a website, jiffypopculture.com. We, we we still have that. But use the but Instagram. Really like Instagram. So Jiffy Pop Culture on Instagram, that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah, write to us there. We read letters every week. Yes, we write back. We write back. We read your letters on the show. We give away prizes. Yes. We do. We haven't sent the one prize out yet that we gave away a year and a half ago, but we will. Yeah, find us on Instagram. I think that's the best way. Yeah, we have a a community of people who listen to our show, and we're very active. Very active. Our private accounts are listed there as well, if anyone's hot and wants to send me (laughs) a dick pic. (laughs) Oh, can we talk about the pic you got from the kid from the hours? No. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. I am so yeah, yeah. That's, you know, just think feet. <laughs> I love this girl. I don't know what I would do without my best friend. Well, Frank, Isla, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with it me today. So this has been a blast. This is an absolute blast. So thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. My guests today have been the co-hosts Isla Mel and Frank Liotti. And as you can tell from this episode, their show, Jiffy Pop Culture, is an absolute blast. You are going to want to check it out. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Join us as we tune in every week. A new episode drops and they have so much fun on their episodes we love it you're gonna love it so make sure you tune in to jiffy pop culture you can also find them online at jiffypopculture.com or head over to instagram at jiffy pop culture check them out there send them a message write to them they give away prizes they'll write back to you it's a good time so check them out jiffy pop culture this is one of our favorite shows here at sage whisper you're not going to be disappointed So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. And a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.